0: you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome to Words That Move Me. I'm Dana. I'm stoked that you're here. I wish I could squeeze you. I am in a very loving and excited, um sherry kind of mood right now. I'm wanting to share my enthusiasm in the form of a hug. Podcasts not great for that. Um, I think I'm mostly excited because my guest on the episode today, on the episode, who says that? My guest today is one of my favorite teachers ever and he is a bright and hysterical very very smart human being um Kevin Maher is joining me today we get nostalgic we talk a little bit of shit which reminds me adult language warning <laughs> is that the sound of adult language i think it is it is now um DJ Clubhorn for adult language for this episode, but I promise you it is very uh, worth it and warranted (laughs) in in this case, Um, but do earphone it, headphone it if you have uh, little ones around. Um, Okay, anyways, before we swear a lot and get into the really, really good stuff with Kevin, it is time for wins. We start every episode with wins, and this week I am celebrating getting to spend some time with my wonderful big sister. Shout out Adri. hello, I love you so much. Um, Adri came to visit me in LA, we ate some good food, we drank some good champagne, we did some really good shopping, and um, bonus, she helped me clean my house. And when I say that y'all, I mean like baseboards, like. Clean my house. Um, I've always thought that she was the hostess with the mostest, but she has now proven to also be the 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 guest, the guestest with the bestest. Yeah, I like that. I tried. I tried. Anyways, um, I oh wow, I'm just now recalling one of my favorite podcast episodes is with my sister Adrian Wilson, Doctor Adrian Wilson, as a guest. I believe that was episode seventy two. 72 i think 72 pretty sure 72 99 percent sure episode 72 um go check that out so so good um yeah there it is house bestest bestest house guestest yeah i like that thank you sis love you so much all right that's me that is what i am celebrating this week uh now you go what is going well in your world Congratulations, my friend. Keep winning. So stoked for you. All right, now let's get into it. Today, the fabulous Kevin Maher and I are talking... Me? Today, Kevin and me? Oh, my mom is going to hate me. Maher and... Kevin Maher and I. Kevin Maher and I are talking about managing difficult personalities Specifically, on-set personalities, uh, and we've got some very cringe-worthy industry horror stories to to back that up. Uh, we talk about knowing when it's time to quit, and he digs into some super great advice on how slash when to introduce and reintroduce yourself. I needed to hear this. You need to hear this. Get ready, get set, because this is great. Let's go. Enjoy the one and only Kevin Maher. (laughs) Off to a really strong start, Kevin Maher. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes all day, all day. I wish you all could see what I'm seeing right now as Kevin and I take advantage of a little screen time with each other. It's been a long time. How are you?
1: I'm good. Um, I am still living like I'm um, a 20-year-old, but I'm in my 40s. Okay. All right.
0: Congratulations, by the way, on being married.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I'm starting to be an adult. I got married. Okay,
0: good. Yes. 10 Have years you paid in taxes yet? Or
1: <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah, oh wow, Pay taxes. Um, uh, this summer was like everything that was meant to happen in 2020 kind of happened this summer. So okay. the wedding has been postponed for like two years, and mm-hmm. it finally happened. And then we went to Europe for our honeymoon during peak tourist travel season, which I never do, but I'm so excited to go to Europe again. So we went like right in the heat wave, and uh, it yeah. was amazing.
0: Ah, I've been itching for Europe. I really, I, I was saying I haven't left the country in so long, and then I remembered that that was not true because I went to Canada like three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, no, I mean Canada it, doesn't it, count. They're, they're they're different.
1: They're neighbors.
0: They're neighbors. they Doesn't count if America's you go to your neighbors.
1: Cat. Like if you go to your neighbor's house for dinner, you're not going out.
0: Wow. But you just go. You're just
1: going next door. Canada's next door.
0: You live in sound bites, Kevin. I'm very lucky to have you as a podcast guest. Um, and you're not going to get away without this first part of the podcast. Um, it's tradition here. You're going to introduce yourself. Other than um, that you are a, a grown-up child, um, what would you like us to know about you?
1: Okay, well... Um... My name is Kevin Lawrence Maher,
0: mm-hmm. but my
1: dad is the only one who spells Lawrence with the W, and then the rest of us have a, the U, or he has the U, and I have the W. duh. anyways, um, he's Irish, and they he changed his name when they came to America the, the generation before to make it easier because America's stupid, so they had to make it easier. And my mom is Mexican and Native American and French and Spanish. So she's brown. He's white. Here I am. Um, I was a straight A student. I went to private school my whole life, which is probably why I'm gay. And And, um, And? yeah, and um, then when I graduated high school with like in a college prep course type thing. I had like an internship laid out and college scholarships laid out. And I said, I wanna go to New York and dance and you can't stop me. So I started dancing very late. And Mm -hmm. um, those are things people don't know. I started dancing late. People don't know what my ethnicity is. I was Mm -hmm. actually born in Hollywood at Kaiser on Sunset, which is super weird because I don't connect to Hollywood from my childhood.
0: Like the Um, heart of Hollywood.
1: Yeah, like the dirty right part. Yeah, right. <laughs> like the real, the real part. Yes. Yeah. Where it's yeah. not Silver Lake yet. Yeah, it's not cool. It's still just gross Hollywood. It's right there. And um, yeah. that's where I was born. And then I grew up in the suburbs. But I don't. I just remember growing up like in the cute neighborhood in the suburbs. We had a pool, and I was well behaved and uh, just played puzzles and did all the nerdy things. And um, yeah, and I was just such an introvert and like a smart little kid growing up and, um, happy and chubby and ready to, uh, you know, like have a good time.
0: Uh, Why do I feel like there's a, and then coming? Is that the New York part?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Well, when I moved to New York, I got like a slap in the face. Like that's when I lived like $20 a week for food and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, figure out how to do things. And I worked like two jobs. Um, I, I worked at a record store and, then uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, like gift shop. So I just stayed in anything artsy. I
0: love it in there.
1: Yeah, the one in Rockefeller Center. So I would go like, look at the tree and be sad. Like, I'm not home, but I don't want to go because I got to make it. <laughs> and, yeah. then, uh, and then I made some dance friends um, in New York and made a little community there. And we supported each mm-hmm. other. Uh, one of my friends helped me become a waiter, so I could stop working a lot of jobs and just do one crappy job to make more money. And
0: uh, we, we, we love less is more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I worked at a sports restaurant, and I don't know anything about sports. And I hustled my ass off in there. And um, then I started dancing. And I was like, mm, I'll be a waiter if I have to, but I'm going to go back to LA and figure it out and just try and dance. So from 18 to 21 was like a slap in the face and a crash course, wake up and figure it out.
0: Like super steep learning curve at life and at your, um, your craft.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, and just eight, like, yeah, all of the above at that time. It was like the real accelerated course.
0: (laughs) Right. I love you. You've always been accelerated. Um, (laughs) so an accelerated learner and liver and, Many things. Um, But back up, though. It is so interesting to me that you wanted to dance, but felt that you needed to leave L.A. to do it, since that's so Mm -hmm. counter the story for most people. Was there was it Broadway that attracted you? Was it what what was it that made you think you could do it there and not here?
1: I think the two just kind of uh, paralleled each other. I think I wanted I knew I wanted to leave for a long time because everybody in my family and they all stayed close by and did the same thing and stayed local. And all of my friends had their paths laid out in a mm-hmm. similar way. And I've always had an itch to go to New York. I think I'd still have gone there even if I wasn't in love with dance. I would have just found whatever I was in love with there. Mm. Um, but then, you know, dance was like, like I was going to go to college there and I registered at a community college and my financial aid didn't come through before the semester started, so it means I'd have to have some money up front, and I didn't want to ask my parents, so I just mm-hmm. didn't go to school. Um, and that's kind of opened the doors for time-wasting and money-making, right. <laughs> so I was like...
0: <laughs> I love that out. perspective.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where like I was able to fall in love with dance full-time because I had time to do it, and I was you know a lost teenager. So it was easier in that way.
0: Harder in every other way.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, but wow. once I got there, I've always been in love with Broadway. I saw Phantom of the Opera it's in sixth grade, and I thought it was like the most realistic thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh. it's, it makes sense. It's real. I believe it. And then I became infatuated with like all kinds of musicals. I used to love Miss Saigon. I didn't even know what it was about <sighs> because I grew up with all Filipinos and Lea Salonga is the queen. And, um, I just was like blown away by her voice. And then, um, I just, I, I did like, I would stand in line in New York for the, the free tickets or the cheap tickets, like the lottery. Mm-hmm. So I would mm-hmm. go watch rent, but I would stand in line and do the lottery. So you get $20 seats and I'd go to all the plays or shows that I could, I would stand mm-hmm. in line for hours outside of Saturday Night Live to just watch the musical guests, and yes. yeah, I just took advantage of New York.
0: <sighs> You're giving me nostalgia right now. I'm <laughs> thinking of all the all the times I, as a young person on fall break or uh, no over the summer. Usually, I would go to nationals in New York, right. and on the in the event that we had an off afternoon, we went to TRL. We went to go stand and like hopefully get inside to TRL, but we like stood at the bottom and were like doing um, the look at me thing. It was my that was The restaurant
1: it was in Times Square, the one I waited at. So like a lot of times going to my shift they were filming the T R L spots.
0: Mm-hmm. And so one time
1: they were like, Hey, will you announce this video? And I was like, sure, which one is it? And they were like, uh, I think it's like Pretty Fly for a White Guy or something. Is that what that's, yes. that video is called? Yes. And then, yes. so I was like, next up, da, 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 da. And, I, and there's like a clip that out there that exists of me giving the, the lead in for Being, that video on TRL before I even was in the world of, you know, commercial stuff.
0: Music videos and commercial stuff, yeah. Yeah, <gasps> but it was next door to
1: me. I could watch the dancers perform from the window and I would just be like, oh my gosh, like... Look at those two dancers, because that's all that fits, you know, right there. Right, <laughs> and, right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: What years w- would that have been? I'm so wondering if, if uh, our like footsteps na- overlapped there.
1: Maybe, like, 99, maybe 99. Uh, yeah. I know yeah. I lived in New York, and, like, I moved in 98, and I moved back to L.A. in, like, 2001, so there's only a three-year span. Yeah.
0: This is very possible. I was, like, you know, hardcore competition kid until 2004 when I graduated, so... Mm-hmm. 99 through 2004, I was like, in it. I bet we did cross paths. I love to think about that. Um, that must have been fun you know, for you,
1: like going from, oh, yeah. being from Denver and then going to Denver, or from Colorado, yeah, yeah. but going to Good New memory, York yeah. during summer, like, yep. what a difference.
0: Yes, and I actually am very fortunate. My mom, in addition to being a competition kid who traveled occasionally for that sort of thing, my mom was for like 40, I think more than 40 years a flight attendant for United Airlines. So we got to wow. travel mostly almost entirely for free. So nationals was possible because of that. but we also um, I'm I'm Greek at least a little bit. and I went to Greece when I was 12, left the country for the first time at nine, very wow. lucky to get to experience the bigger broader world as a smaller person and those trips to new york in the summertime became like yes yeah, so 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 special but i mean i've i had have probably done that eight times as a young person so it sort of became familiar
1: that's cool um, did you ever fly like with a, your mom while she was a flight attendant or that's not possible y-
0: Yes, it is possible. And I have done it. I think what usually happened was she would have to be in uniform, um, sometimes in case the only seat available was a jump seat. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that she has like definitely been working, but usually she'd just be like in her outfit sitting on the jump seat. And I'd be like back in coach, like in my pantyhose, (laughs) because that's how that's how flying standby used to go. You had to be dressed as if you were an employee. I remember my sister and I had to wear pantyhose. My brother had to wear like laced up, Not sne- sneakers were not allowed. Jeans were not allowed. Um, anything with holes in it was not allowed. And now I am looking at the things that people travel in. Like wow. my sir or my lady, your entire midriff is exposed. <laughs> Doesn't that feel uncomfortable when you sit on that cold ass leather seat? I don't get it. But anyways, you know, those were the olden days.
1: <laughs> when the word pantyhose comes up, your name isn't the first one to <laughs> pop up right next to it.
0: Whose is, out of curiosity, because I'll tell you mine is Sarah Palin for some reason. I don't know oh why. Like, oh, That's a woman that 100% wears pantyhose every day. 100%. That's great. Uh, so, okay, another time that we've overlapped to get us back on track is last week, was it last week? Time is an illusion. Um, We were both panelists on the AMDA um, commercial dance Q&A, little panel conversation. Uh, You and I, Amanda Grind and Jaron Reese. And I was like sitting and looking at your face, talking in the square. And it was like, how have I not? How have I done such a Grand disservice to my community by not having you on the podcast before this moment. So I'm stoked that you're here, and I want to revisit a few of the things that we talked about in that Q and A because you had some A plus contributions to that conversation. Um, The first one was this idea that like the greatest skill you could possibly possess, and the skill that you cannot possibly learn in a dance class or there aren't any specific style classes that teach you this thing, is how to manage. Because navigate is one thing, but how do you manage personalities? And, and uh, somebody asked you this question that was like, what's the hardest job you have ever done? And your answer to this question was, I, I would love for you to share it, but It wasn't hard because there were 150 dancers or because it was, you know, you had to shoot it outside and it was 110 degrees or because you had to do a three minute number in two hours. It wasn't hard because that. It was hard because personalities. So Mm -hmm. take the floor and then I would love to hear how you learned. Maybe it was New York. Maybe it was private schools. How did you learn to manage the type of personalities that we encounter in our worlds. Go.
1: Okay. Well, um, so like going a little backwards, my family is Irish and Mexican, so they're drinkers and they're loud. And seeing all the personalities growing up, I just observed everyone. And I knew that in order to get the best out of somebody, I had to go on their terms. So I learned this skill early on, like be on other people's terms if you want to get the best out of them. Or you can go head to head, you know? So early on, I picked that up. Um, this particular job, like, is kind, was kind of on the path of um, where I wouldn't say no to anything because I wasn't raised that way. And anything that's presented to me, I thought is meant to be. And so it was a little tricky to, um, at that point, say no to anything, especially if it looks like and it's dressed like something I want. And one of my goals was to choreograph for this blonde bombshell who is an icon. And um, I don't know if I signed a NDA, so we'll just kind of hop around her name in some fun ways. Well, she just had a big moment in time where she said, F you world and um, shaved her head. And then she had to shoot a video and it was the week after and everyone was all on her business because public meltdowns hadn't happened to, you know, uh, stereotypical princesses like her and, mm-hmm. not um, in such
0: a big way anyways. Yeah. Not in a big way. A big they happen one. all the
1: time, but like she can't get out of the public. So she's like, let me just, you know, shock them. So cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I get it. I shave my head all the time. All right. Dye my hair. I got a tattoo. I'll, you know, do something, but Unfortunately, she doesn't have the freedom, so it it wasn't anything crazy to me. So when they asked me to uh, be on this video, but um, not as a choreographer because um, she just didn't feel like she needed one and she wanted to do it herself and that was where her energy was going towards. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll just sit in the corner until you need me. When I first got there, they were like, we don't know if she's coming or not, but we're just going to start the video. We're going to start shooting the video. And I didn't even share this part on the AMDA panel, but, um, the director is really, um, like outspoken and loud and not my type of personality. Um, very like, mm, tactless and, um, Mm -hmm. reckless Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. an LA director. And, um, he was like, Hey, I know you're here, what you're supposed to do while, while she's not here, let's, let's make some shit happen. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, He's like, there's there's four dancers and there's um, some mirrors over there. Um, give them some choreography. Let's shoot it. I'm like, okay. So I give them choreography and then like I and um, they started a couch and I knew the girls and they were like so happy I was there. I was happy they were there. And then they moved to the mirror and dance and like the first shot. He's like, what the fuck is this? I need more energy. I don't I don't need dancing. I need dancing. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. Like I don't know what he's saying. So. <laughs>
0: This is this is such a great example of some of the feedback you are likely to get in this position uh-huh. on a project like that. I don't need dancing. I need what, dancing. What, what
1: exactly do you mean? Like, don't bore people with your questions. Just say yes and figure it out. Make a choice. If it doesn't work, try the try the other choice. Keep going until you're fired. Whatever. You know, it's just a video. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, hey ladies, let's start off thrashing. And then let's run to the mirror and then let's cut the choreography. And when we get to the, the mirror, act like you're getting dressed for an eight. And then when the beat changes, put back in the choreography and let's see what happens. They're like, okay. And then they did it. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. So that worked. That was part one. Then part two okay, was part um, that's a party the <laughs> scene. That was the warm up for this job. Part two is a, a party scene. And I've never in my life, like he he's walking around the party with the, the Steadicam guy, him, and he wants me to walk with them. And he's like, stop me when you see someone, you know, or someone that's worth being on, on camera. And I was like, oh shit, this doesn't sound good. I'm like, okay. So we start walking through and he's talking shit to the people while the music's on, while they're dancing. He's like, what are you? You're trash. Look at you. You shouldn't even be here. What is that? What is that move? Oh my God. Somebody fixed their face. Look at, and it was like four minutes of the most cringeworthy language. And I think that's his way of getting people to get riled up, I guess. I don't know. I've never experienced this and I've never experienced it after. And, and like you would see either people crack and look at him like, who the fuck? Or you would see people, um, like, like not be bothered and keep going, or you'd see people change and maybe do what mm-hmm. they think he's thinking of or asking for. So all three mm-hmm. of these ways, I was like, this is interesting. And I'm going to observe it instead of just allowing like the cringe to overwhelm me. And, mm-hmm. um, that was really hard to do. <laughs> so I, he like cut. And then I was like, um, the people I know are, In the back, I'm going to pull them forward. I think you'll be happier. And he's like, do it. And I'm like, God. So I like pull my friends forward. And then the the shot calmed down. Then (laughs) they're just waiting for the artist to show up. She finally shows up. It's like 2 Um, (laughs) a.m. One of the the dancers, well, okay. So she pulls the dancers in the trailer to teach them some choreography. One of the dancers, my friend, she says, I like your bag. Give me your bag. She's like, no, it's my bag. She's like, yeah, but I want it. She's like, no, that's that's not it's how this is going to work. Yeah. And, and then and my friend's telling me and I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe she is like not in a good place. Like she doesn't understand boundaries or something. Right. I don't know. So all of this is happening on, the, on that night. And um, it was very weird. And then the dancers came back to me and said, this is what she taught us. So I like toned down the triple pirouette and I Mm -hmm. changed the transitions for certain things that were like super jolty, but I kept the essence of what she was doing. So basically I camouflaged and cleaned and fixed her own movement Mm
0: -hmm. to make
1: it what would make me like tolerable, make me feel tolerable, I guess you could say, or bearable. And then it was like 4am or 5am and the sun was coming up and the only place to shoot was the bathroom. And it was cramped and it was tiled floors and they were slipping and it was extremely hard. But, you know, I was looking at it like if she put her heart into these moves, I don't want to take that away. I just kind of want to make her look at her own moves and go, oh, I made that up. That's cute, you know. And so I wanted Mm. to like I wanted to like help her feel better. And that was my main like way of looking at it that helped me survive for the night. And uh, I ended up meeting Marina Toybina on set that day, who's like the world's best costume designer. And she does all the TV shows and dance shows and yeah, projects. And yeah. we connected from them because we were both like, wow, this is really not for us, but also we're grateful to be here. And it's just a part of our journey and managing all these personalities and um, even though like it could be exhausting and it could feel uh, like it's not for you or you know this not my type of person or party you can still come out of there with a few good things like Marina is one of the best things to come out of that like that connection and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got to work with this artist again several times later and so I chalked that up and I'm glad I was the one there in that position because if it was somebody else they may have quit or somebody who can't look at her from a compassionate perspective and say like, Oh, these moves are trash. Let's change them. Instead. I'm like Mm -hmm. the only amount of energy and, and and stuff that she has control over is is very minimal. So if choreography is one of them, I want to help make her feel good about that. And so, and even the crazy director, I was like, "Mm." the way to talk to him is by being blunt, short, no feelings, and don't take anything personal. And then I found a way to speak to him. Like, I would say, like, um, they need to stand sideways. And then he'd be like, okay. Instead of, oh, excuse me, um, can I offer you some perspective? Or you know, because do you don't know how to talk to us. Do it might be to, possible
0: for them to? Yeah. Maybe maybe we could consider an option where they. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and sometimes people work. people love that. But like, this guy was like a, uh, like a motorcycle driving like. Hardcore rager um, type of personality, and I stay away from those people. Like, that's not really my like, aggressive and, and bold and loud. So, I had to find ways to do that. I had to find ways to separate my ego and help someone who, you know, uh, didn't even know I was there or didn't even know I was helping them. And mm-hmm. um, that was like a real test for me to go, oh, um, I don't want to be in that situation again. But so I need to kind mm-hmm. of make sure the jobs I accept have more um, mutual parameters <laughs> and a mutual yes. relationship. Because um, mm-hmm. then as you go further in your career, you're like, I really just want to be where I'm wanted, not where I still have to yeah. prove myself. But at that time, I was definitely still proving myself. And that taught mm-hmm. me a lot.
0: Kev, that is tremendous. Uh, Cringy is just the beginning of it. Wow. It was a
1: cringe fest, and um, I think I was meant to be the person for that festival. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. yeah,
0: I yes, I have a lot of
1: patience and um, and f-
0: and flexibility. And you're a person that, at least in my eyes, you are prepared to work really, really hard and willing to completely release. Mm -hmm. And that is such, you know, you have to know when to deploy each, obviously, but I see you as having both of those in spades, like very good at releasing and then also very good at down to the, like, the mathy, mathy detail of Mm -hmm. what kind of things could be, should be, can be. Um, So, yeah, I agree with you. I do think you're the exact person for that job. (laughs) And I am sorry that that happened. To you and to everyone, um, one of one of my favorite things, a lesson I learned or uh, a, a thought that I have um, borrowed from my executive assistant, Ms. Riley Higgins, she says, it's good for the plot. Yeah. <laughs> this moment, n- not good for us right now, but right. really good for the plot in, in the long run. Whoa. Um, so yeah, okay. I love that. I, it's important for people to hear what is possible when they actually... Like you know, we all think that like oh, if I could just be booked, then everything would be great, right? Or if mm-hmm. I could, you know, if I could be doing music videos, then I'd be, I'd, I'd have, you know, that'd be it. That's all I want. Until you find yourself on that music video, and you're like, yeah. wait, yeah, sorry, J.K., this is my life. Um, I was on another panel this morning, a Q and A, and somebody asked me like, was there a moment that you can remember that made you decide you needed to get involved in some advocacy? type you know type work the dancers alliance the choreographers guild the things like that and i was like actually yes and i have never i don't think i've talked about this story on the podcast before but i danced in a a hip-hop quote heavy air quote music video for a rapper whose name i can't even remember um but
1: let's make one up
0: you know it would (laughs) uh Uh actually I can remember her name, but I don't want to <laughs> say it. Why, Wilson? Just call it what it is. Okay. The artist's name was Baby Doll. And
1: okay. that's
0: just what that's what she went by. And we shot in Sacramento. We had to get ourselves there, which was like to little old me who didn't understand her California geography. I was like, that'll be fine. It was <laughs> not fine. That was insane. Um, and once we arrived there, there were no there was no dancer holding, and there was no changing room, so we were asked to change clothes in our cars. And s- someone, you know, the 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 artist's camp, like she rolled with a bunch of dudes, uh-huh. ha- had had their phones out filming us change in our cars, mm-hmm. like from like sneaky, like from around around the back of other cars, like trying to mm-hmm. film us changing in our vehicles. I like and I was okay. like, oh. One hundred percent, one hundred percent unacceptable, and I, I would like for that. I would like for no one to have to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was my cringiest moment. But woof, you might have trumped me there because it's like one thing on top of another. And there's always actually here's a great question: Have you ever quit? Like have there have it has it ever gotten to be one too many thing, and you've um, been like, yeah, this is no longer this is no longer my job.
1: I quit. Yes, um, but not not. Um, I've never quit um, during the process. I've quit before the process started. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I got hired
1: to do a video for a female rapper, and mm-hmm. they asked for choreography in advance to see if it's the right tone. So, I, and I sent like a little something, and. The person who works for her, like in the music industry, everyone has jobs, but they don't work the same way. Like a man, some mm-hmm. managers are creative, mm-hmm. some day-to-day people. Like I think your job when you like represent an artist is to kind of translate what they're trying to say mm-hmm. to the people who speak regularly, like regular communication skills. And then, <laughs> and, but what she did was just copy and paste what the artist was saying. And the artist was like, what the fuck does he not know that this is supposed to be fun? I just want to have fun. This doesn't look like fun. This looks like work. It's like, I see something there, like maybe this one, but tell him to stop like cheating the camera by pushing it in and out and just keep it flat. And I want more fun and I do see something, but this isn't what I want. And I'm like, thank you for the okay. copy and paste. Um, what does she want? What does fun mean for her? Cause you work with her. I don't. She's like, hey, right. just, try, just do, you know, just do you, it's going to be fine. And then, so I do another video. Uh And I made it as easy and fun. And she wrote back like, I'm not fucking uh, Beyonce. I'm not JLo. I'm not Britney. What the fuck is this? I'm my own. I do. And I was like, wow, she's crazy. And um, then she was like, I just just don't know why he's so serious. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God. Um, And then my agent and the person who works for her were like, I think it's better if you just show up and work with her in person. And that's when I was like, I've already had two strikes. I think she, I don't know her. She doesn't know me. Mm-hmm, so we're, mm-hmm. I don't think going in person is going to be any better. It's going to be more of this. So I'm going to back out because no one is translating for her. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand what she's saying. And I, I've now put mm-hmm. in work before I'm even hired. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was like, Ooh, I'd actually. Yikes. Yeah, I was like, and I changed my flight to like do this video, and um, so I made them pay for my flight change, and I quit.
0: (laughs) Wow, Kev, another really great, really difficult to navigate story. You are a pro at this. I think you should have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How to quit? How Um, to
1: quit gracefully?
0: (laughs) Well, or like how to bend or how to like wh- what was your um how to be on like when to be on their terms and when to stand yeah. by yours. like that yeah. is a, a master skill that you only learn from experience and you of that you have a lot my friend so i'm not shocked that you are a pro at navigating those challenges <laughs> these days but whoa um Okay, another question that came up on that Q&A, this was kind of my least favorite type of question because I really love the question that kind of stumps you, like the person being asked it, like, oh, I've never been asked that before. Hold on. Let me think about it. I love those. Um, But somebody asked, like, what advice would you give to people in our position, like people on the come up? And I was like, well... If you have 153 hours, you can listen to my, to my podcast. Um, but you, you told them a little tip that you had about introducing yourself to people, and I would love for you to share that as well, because I am a person. Oof, I'm I'm becoming better at this, but I struggle with names. I'm terribly insecure about it. I over-introduce myself even still because I assume that people don't. I I assume that people are as bad with names as I am, and people are always like, "Dude, I know who you are," and I'm like, "I'm sorry, okay, but who are you?" Like, I it really is an uncomfortable thing. So, give us your helpful hints about um, being memorable and and introducing yourself.
1: (laughs) I think if you go into like these things knowing it's uncomfortable, it makes you a little more comfortable. Like if, you, mm-hmm. and if you And if you always, like, take the low road, like the nerdy, embarrassed, stoner route instead of the polished and smart memory route, it's a little uh-huh. easier uh-huh. to handle. And I meet people all the time from teaching years and years. And, like, I think the best story is, um, like, someone in New York on the street was like, hey, do you remember me? I took your class 10 years ago. I was in the back wearing black. And I kid you not, they said that, and I was like, "Sorry, I don't." But like things like that, I'm like, "Wow, if they're Are that old." Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like it, I get I get that a lot. Or like I was wearing stripes, but the best one was I was wearing, I was in the back wearing black, and I was like, oh, "I." I, I that's was impossible.
0: the least. I was the least memorable person in the room. Do you remember me? This is a test.
1: I guess like- they don't think that they were the least memorable, <laughs> so they were like. He, they, or they're probably like I was the best one and I looked good in my black outfit he must remember me right meanwhile right, I'm right, like, right, right, right. what <laughs> so wow yeah after that I was like okay I need to figure out how to like when you start in an industry you know who everybody is and nobody knows you so you have to mm-hmm. be humble enough to like introduce yourself so many times that the person gets sick of it like I did I do that. I do that all the time with um, Paula Abdul over the last like five years, 10 years. And I'm (laughs) -hmm. like, Paula, hi. I treat her like grandma. Right. And I'm like, hi, Paula. It's me, Kevin Maher. And this last time she's like, first name, last
0: name. I love that.
1: Yeah. She goes, Kevin, please stop fucking saying your name. When you say hi to me, I know who you are. I love what you do. Stop introducing yourself. You make me feel so weird. And I was like, Oh my God, I just think that you're Paula Abdul. Like you don't know me. We've never worked together. And I see you at, Far in view. So I'm always just going to, you know, say, hi, you're the, you're the, the important one in this relationship, you know? And she's like, shut up. And I, I want to get to that point with everyone where they're mad at me for okay. saying saying my name. And that's, that's always the goal with people. Like, um, I know people's dancing. I, a mm-hmm. lot of the time, the problem is that I know them when they're sweaty and moving, but I don't know what, when they mm-hmm. look good and they're still so people will right, be like, right. hey, and I'm like, who the fuck are you? You look gorgeous. And they're like, I take your class for religiously for 10 years. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you sweat and start dancing? Maybe I'll recognize you. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at bodies, not individuals, when I'm teaching. And I'm mm-hmm. giving my most truest self away during those moments. So people mm-hmm. connect with me authentically. And then I don't give that part of me away regularly. It's in class or mm-hmm. if we're close. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of people feel close in that sense. Um, and then I don't yes, know them yes. and then they can either go, it's okay. Or they can double down and <laughs> explain further or they could get right. mad and that's fine. All of them are fine. Cause none of that is any of my business and it has nothing to do with me. So right. the best thing for anyone to do is to like double down, take the low road, because the worst that could happen is if you say, hi, uh, my name is Dana Wilson and they'll be like, I already know you. But if you try a different route, it could backfire or if you – and if you don't know their names, you could say like – like I'm always saying like I remember you because you were wearing this or I remember you because your energy was good but I'm not even confident what your name is. Or sometimes I'll Mm -hmm, say I think mm -hmm, there's a mm -hmm. W in your name or I'll say (laughs) – Am I "I close? (laughs) Yeah. And anything like that makes people laugh or um, like – Um, I was going to yoga and the guy at the elevator was like, this is like yesterday. He's like, are you Kevin? I'm like, yeah. He's like, um, oh my gosh, I am actually really good with names and faces. And I was like, okay, this is a different approach because he's now congratulating himself first. So I was like, (laughs) okay, this is cool. And I was like, okay, well, where would (laughs) I remember you from? Like, where would we know each other? And then he's like, oh, do we know each other? Yeah. He's like, my name is this. And I used to do this. And I'm like, Oh my God, I totally remember you now that you've said that. Wow. How did this is wild. It's been like 10 years. He's like a keyboard player for a a group that I work with. And he was on tour with them. But this is like 10, 15 years ago. And um, it was very cool. That approach to first say, Hey, I know who you are. And, Mm -hmm. and this is me instead of like, waiting for someone to recognize you or you know somebody you know you've met them 15 times Mm -hmm. you know like it's never a good thing to have expectations and it's never a good thing to uh you know um have your ego there like they should know you especially when you work in a celebrity world they meet so many people and um Mm -hmm. it's very cool when people do remember you and it's very cool to take the that first road to be like hi i'm kevin Or, you know, whatever the scenario is, um, it's just, that's my, that's my tactic. Like to take the embarrassing, nerdy, uh, put all the, put all the awkward stuff on me and I'll take it instead of like trying to guess or trying to remember or trying to go down like this lane that is a waste of energy. It's better to start from scratch. Or trying to like
0: wait it out until someone else says it or like, I I mean, every every trick in the book i have tried it but i think i think that like the humble down bit is super super smart but there's also this like package it with like humble down a but package it with context that's sticky like mm-hmm. i took your class at edge you have to know how many hundreds of people have taken your class at Edge. But I took your class at Edge with Jillian Myers because she lived on my same street. And because she's so freaking good, you probably don't remember me because I don't get past her when I'm watching dance class. But I I had red hair at the time and I loved wearing Air Jordans. And I don't know if you remember me or not, but I remember your classes for being blah, bitty, blue, bitty, blee, bitty, blah, and the end. And maybe I've even bundled a compliment in there, which I have been criticized for over being over-complimentary, Um, but not in genuine in my compliments. Like, I mm-hmm. I give genuine... I, I don't say things that I don't mean. I'm very good at complimenting people and meaning it, uh, but I think I'm kind of like, maybe like Jimmy Fallon in that way, where I think everybody yeah. is awesome and everything was the funniest and the best. And it it's sort of, it's kind yeah. of my default mode. But that's how That's how I do it when I approach people that I think might not remember is with the context of the situation where we met, um, probably some healthy dose of humility or Mm -hmm. borderline self-deprecation, and and like my fingers crossed. And then I try to give people the grace for that as well. But I have been surprised lately at the – I actually was just talking about this the other day – at the – shamelessness of the, like, you must know who I am that Mm. I get from students, that I get from other people on the job. Like, people very Mm. rarely introduce themselves to me Mm -hmm. or remind me. They're like, hey, it's nice to see you. And I'm like, I have not a clue who you are. Um, I wouldn't know where to start. So... All of this to say, I think that there is something, a bit of an insecurity that I have about not being memorable enough sure, or yeah. about 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 not being good enough at remembering people that makes this kind of sticky for me. And mm-hmm. then add the element of social media onto it where, like you said, the way you teach is vulnerable and is you're giving all of yourself. People feel close to you. I think the same thing happens on Instagram or social media, where we share our intimate lives. Like there are people out in the world that know what my bedroom looks like and know what my house looks like. And it's very easy when you, when you feel that close to me to think that I'm that close to you. Um, I can only imagine the dialed up version of that when we get to celebrity status, but it's an interesting thing. Nonetheless, I, it's weird to me. I needed to hear that advice for myself And I'm so grateful that you shared it again today (laughs) because just like do it until people are sick of you. The worst thing that's going to happen is Paula Abdul will tell you to shut up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think that everyone has the fear of not being uh, memorable enough or um, they uh, gave you their vulnerable selves at one point and then you don't remember them. So it hurts their feelings. So then they hold back the next time and they... And that's normal, especially in this industry. And people also um, have like platforms everywhere, and then they have following. And so maybe they assume we all know each other's platforms. But the coolest way is like when celebrities say, hi, my name is this and this. And and then I'm always like, yeah, that's really nice because I know who you are, and thank you for introducing yourself because that makes you a regular person. And that's cool. And Mm -hmm. um, I think if we all just kind of approached... The everything as regular people, and even if you say, um, uh, "I have a bad habit of introducing myself over and over again until you stick," so give me something that sticks. That's fine too. Yes. Um, so that's yes. the best way to go.
0: Oh, transparency. <laughs>
1: Is that what that's called? What a
0: gift. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you the honest thoughts that are happening in my mind right now. Actually, I've been criticized for this as well. I've been called a live feed, like a Twitter feed. Like I just say the things that I think,
1: <laughs> wow. which makes
0: me a great podcast host. Let me tell you what.
1: <laughs> thats
0: Self-proclaimed.
1: That's awesome. I think that's one of the gifts though. You know, a lot of people stay in their head and process it and then, it, and then it's like, mm-hmm a polished form just just get it out there just
0: have you oh, know get it out there in a digestible way which might be different depending on different rooms like you said you learned the language that this director guy spoke and you taught yourself how to speak it it was mm-hmm. not your nature to be blunt or to be curt or to be brash but you can for these 12 hours or whatever it turned out being 20 hours you could identify the the tone and the language that was being spelled that was being spoken matched it and then moved on with your life with a new skill with a new language under your belt and yeah. I think we can all um do that and still be authentic mm-hmm. like me learning how to speak your language doesn't make me less me mm-hmm. um I think it's only helpful to us both to To learn how to communicate better, or in languages that we understand. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Okay, I I love this.
0: Um, Okay, i I am curious. Are you? Do you still do anything with the Backstreet Boys? Or I mean, New Kids? Sorry.
1: Well, we did the (gasps) joint tour. We sure
0: did. (laughs) This was (laughs) was my this was was my first time working with you, and And we were kind of like
1: two fraternity houses that were joined together for one you know, toga party, (laughs) and it
0: was
1: (laughs) a nightmare of testosterone, Um, but it was
0: was
1: fine. It was like, okay, cool. I know I would like look at you and give you an eye hug from across the room, like save me. Yeah.
0: I love you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I am still um, dating new kids on the block. Yes. It's been like 15 years. Um, We did a tour this summer. Uh, the last, uh-huh. they keep going and it gets easier because they get older and oh, right. <laughs> you know, the goal is always to make people look natural. So with right. age is grace. So you want, yes. you know, to like teach something new, give them some new vibes, but also things that aren't trying too hard. So it's the most fun job that no one ever sees because it's not a dance community job but it's been the biggest gift to me in my career is working with new kids and I'm so grateful for it. I thought going into this choreography life that I would be meant for the artists that I like uh, adored as a dancer, like Janet or Missy or people like that. And Mm -hmm. what the universe gave me was new kids on the block. And um, like the dance community, doesn't really understand because it's a, like a nostalgia market and it's like right. you, you have to love them in order to understand how good it is. If you just go, you're going to be like, what's happening? Why, why? Why? What's the connection? What is this? Because it's all nostalgia. But for the millions of fans around the world who love them, they are so nice. They always see all the details that I do. They compliment everything. They'll say this move and they'll they'll blow it up on Twitter and they'll send me videos of them doing it. And it means the world to me that the people who love them also see and appreciate me. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like the, something to be aware of is, and the same thing with like love, but like what we think we want isn't always what we get that is meant for us. It's perfect for us. And it looks mm. different maybe than what we set out. And, um, mm. but when you're in a place where you feel, appreciated, heard, well taken care of, wanted, and, and you can be yourself. It's the most fulfilling and magical thing. And that's that job for me.
0: (laughs) Wrap that up and put a bow on it. That was gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad that I asked. I wasn't sure. It's been a while since I've seen my Backstreet Boys, but I did during COVID get a, a drive by FaceTime from AJ (laughs) um who wanted to let me know that he's putting his daughter in dance class and and that he thought of me and that was also so sweet they're they're a good bunch of dudes i saw them they came to
1: hollywood vibe where i teach i think it was nationals or something but it was so crazy and they were were like aj from backstreet boys is here with his daughter and like i saw them from afar but it was too many people and i just didn't say hi and go up to him because it was i was like trying to go teach yeah it was a lot but but our paths
0: crossed good peeps. I love that. Funny story unrelated, but since you and I are tangent tyrants, um I always when I try to say paths cross, 95% of the time I say cross path. <laughs> are cross path. I say it all the wow. time. I can't. I can't but those those riot ry- those riers really cross in my brain. So anyways, cross-pathing um, Kev, I, I want to ask you because I think you're quick and I'm so curious to hear these answers. I want to do a little rapid fire round. Are you cool with that?
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: Okay. Um, first question. Oh no, I forgot to copy paste them into my notes. Hold on.
1: That was a statement.
0: Right. <laughs> Look at you. A plus. <laughs> Look at you. Accelerated learner. First one of was trick.
1: Okay, you... okay. Go for it.
0: Oh, shit. No, I don't have it again. Wait. Make them up. It's okay. Okay. Well, I'm making them up. Here it is. This if is a have done no, it 154 improv- times or whatever. Oh, well, I always change them up a little bit. Okay. 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 Um, but this first one is the same for everybody. You're stranded on a desert island. You have a CD with one track on it and one track only. You also have a Discman. You're lucky because it would suck if you only had the CD. and no way to play it. What is the one song that you would listen to? For the rest of eternity.
1: Wow, that's really hard. Um, Let's see here. Um, Well, since I'm stranded, I'm gonna go with um, "Crazy" from Britney Spears. Yes,
0: because you're gonna match the tone. Yeah, or or
1: maybe "Survivor" from Destiny's Child, and I could like move through the bamboo trees. Yeah.
0: You. Yes, and maybe if you really channeled the video hard enough, you would have an inflatable raft. Because I'm 99.99% sure there was an inflatable raft in that video. (laughs) Um, Okay, Uh, what is your favorite word? Favorite word.
1: Ooh, um, I like sepulpida because it sounds like vulva.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny about Sepulveda? I sepulveda. always call it Sepulveda. Yeah, Sepulveda, 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 sepulveda. sepulveda. Just to be different. Uh-huh. Just, to, just I like I know what it is, but I love it. Um also, yeah, Sepulveda itself, like as a street, isn't bad. So yeah, double. It's also visually like aesthetically written. It's pleasing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great call. Great call. <laughs> Least favorite word.
1: Ooh, uh, maybe moist moist it sounds like a and you have to say it like an italian like moist you know and then and it's gross because it like has a visual that's like steamy and thick and and gross
0: stop right there because also steamy steamy is not a great word steamy, steamy? and
1: thick and juicy and
0: Okay, so you just tapped. You just t- and I'll share this because now we're out of rapid fire zone. <laughs> that was a um, short a, round. We're coming. No, we're coming back to it. <laughs> okay, but I'm just okay. saying, like right now, we're in conversation again. That M word is one of my three. I have three that I goosebump like hate. And I know I'm not unique in this way. I think that M word is that way for a lot of people. I think so too. But I have three, and Marty Cadelka does not hesitate to use all three at any given time. Like he loves that he has this on me. So I've stopped sharing them because it really does give people power. Um, (laughs) So I'm just going to tell you, you've got one out of three and maybe the other ones will come up in conversation. I'll let you know, but ooh, yikes. Uh, Okay, so favorite word, least favorite word, favorite move. What is your favorite move? Oh my God.
1: Favorite move? Um, I like a good roll up. I like to pretend someone's like, Like when I was a kid, I used to like um, kick my siblings behind their knees and their knees would collapse and they would like fall to the ground, you know, like if you hit someone behind their knees. So I kind of like always love that feeling of just like jumping down into the ground and like let my knees bend and then let my body roll up. It feels like a, it always feels like a roller coaster or like a rush. It's just that, that little roll up. It always just feels good. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh. Oh, I'm going to do one next time I see you. Okay. uh which brings us to the flip side of that coin least favorite move
1: oh um there's quite a few i started making those signs like like dance signs of like common sense on my instagram like um yes, stop jumping you know so much. and the yes. ones that i <sighs> i don't want to get in trouble but like it's like i want to write like stop pointing to your back on the word back we get it stop cradling baby on the word baby we fucking get it it's not original we hear the piano don't play it we hear the drums don't don't mock them we get it like let's (laughs) try for some things so like at first though when I was first starting those were like the most magical things but 20 years later that's your choice come on let's do let's evolve it you know like if it's baby, maybe um, you're like, it could be anything small. Maybe you're crying with your eyes. We don't have to go like that.
0: <laughs> maybe you wear a diaper. Okay. Maybe. maybe yeah.
1: It's just those little <laughs> things that were once cool that are still um, first choice for um, right. a visual uh, expression is um, annoying. So I don't really have like a least favorite move because anything in context is is cool It's just when choices are um, not like like making a choice of a visual presentation is such a privilege and a gift. And if you're, it's like you're just saying, "Um, "Well, uh, yeah," uh, and um, I'm uh," like, "That's what it feels like when you're just choosing things that already exist for years and years that you know don't reflect who you are." So I'm kind of a snob in that way. I'm like, "Please stop recycling when you're so unique. Like, just make something new."
0: We're I wish I trouble. could just leave it there. No, I love that ending. Although I do air instrument all the time. It's one of my signatures. So but I'm gonna call it a signature. It's not a default. It's like, oh no, that's what I do. Now but if you do it because gonna...
1: it, it, it 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 makes sense to the story and it's right there and it's clever, then yes, let's put them in oh, there. Yeah. Or if you're being you don't funny, to make me
0: feel okay about it. I don't know. Well, need it. Yeah. for all the people
1: out there who might be like, "What?" <laughs> I'll still do it. So if you see me do any of those things, it's because I'm being sarcastic <laughs> at the moment, or I'm playing a character That
0: too. Yes, which I that love too. playing a
1: character, or I like being yes. funny. Um but and I, overt
0: and like on the nose sometimes. Yeah, that's sometimes yeah, like, that's what it calls for.
1: Yeah, like sometimes, like you want to be thrashy when Britney's on. It's a, it needs it, but also that's not really your authentic voice. So my bigger point is that like the authentic voice is when when it's not seen, I get annoyed because everyone's so fucking cool. Why not just use your own voice?
0: (sighs) This is a wonderful place to wrap this conversation up. But, you know, I have to say just one more thing. I have to say just one more thing. Kevin, you are now cursed by having been around so long that the things that are new for some people are genuinely played out for you. You are like yes. genuinely bored of things that people are discovering for the first time. And yeah. you've, see, you've seen the resurgence of the trend like 18 times and you're so over it. But that's just because it's not their fault. It's your fault for sticking around yeah. and being so like in there's a, of,
1: there's a bunch of 19-year-olds running around with ginger spice, chunky highlights. And I'm like, that's yes. not what we need back.
0: Mm-mm, that's not the part we want to bring back. That is not the part we want to bring back. Kevin Maher, thank you so much for your thoughts on what we want to bring back and who we want to bring forward. <laughs> um, I really, really cherish you as an example in my life. You're one of my favorite teachers ever. I didn't say that earlier. We didn't talk much about, about teaching, but I really, I really do love your class and I really did take it with Jillian and we really did live on the same street. So, <laughs> um, uh, how's that for context? But, uh, yeah, I, let's please be talking more. I really, really, uh, really enjoy this conversation. Thank you, my friend.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's an uh, honor. Love you.
0: We'll do it. We'll do it again sometime. Love you back. Bye. Bye. All right, my friend, Kevin certainly does not disappoint. I hope you have smiled and giggled as much as I did having this conversation. Uh, I really love how Kevin, it talks about knowing when to uh, meet someone where they're at versus knowing when to go head to head. And I think he does that so well. He's a great reminder to me that both of those things are an option at any time. Um, I also really love this, this advice, guys, about introductions. Please, please, please tell me your name and how I know you. It is so helpful. Oh my gosh, it's helpful. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna actually probably have to do a spin-off episode on that because I have a lot to say about that. So I'll be back. I'll be back on the name game. Um, I suppose that's all for me for now for today. Go out into the world. Keep it exceptionally funky. I'll talk to you later. Bye. this podcast was produced by me with the help of many music by max winnie logo and brand design by brie reitz and big thanks to riley higgins our executive assistant and editor also massive thanks to you the mover who is no stranger to taking action so go take action I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. I will 100% not stop you from visiting wordsthatmoveme.com if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community. Oh, and also, I will not stop you from visiting thedanawilson.com if you're curious about all the things that I do that are not words that move me related. (laughs) All right, my friend, keep it funky. I'll talk to you soon.